So, born of the Spirit, new relationship. Is that right? Your relationship with a new life means a new life. Indwelt by the Spirit with a new power to reveal the character of God to men and women. Sealed by the Spirit, and that speaks of security. Preservation speaks of preservation. Now the fourth thing is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. And of course the scripture I will give to you is 1 Corinthians 12, 13. For we have all been baptized by one Spirit into one body, and have all been made to drink of that self-same Spirit. Now this speaks of union, union with Him. All of us made one with God and one with each other, but baptized into the body of Christ. In other words, when you and I accepted the Savior, we were baptized into the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit, made to drink of that self-same Spirit. We belong to the same Savior, the same Lord, the same body. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study. Our teacher is Dr. John G. Mitchell, a man who was faithful in teaching the Word of God for more than 60 years throughout the Northwest. The name of our study, The Unchanging Word, highlights the fact that God's Word has not changed. What God reveals in His written Word was true in the past, is still true today, and will be true tomorrow. God never changes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Life begins at Calvary, there my Savior died. He took my place and by His grace came with me to abide. All I need for living is mine by just believing. Life begins at Calvary, life that never ends. As Dr. Mitchell alludes to the Apostle Paul's statement in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, which says, For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, we were all made to drink of one Spirit. We who have come to know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord have become united with Christ in an eternal relationship. There is one body, the body of Christ, referred to as the Church, and we are in union with Christ and with one another. Now this baptism was first accomplished by the Holy Spirit sent from God, by the Lord Jesus from heaven, and that's recorded in Acts chapter 2 at the Pentecost. Dr. Mitchell, speaking on the spiritual life of the believer in Christ, will begin sharing with us details relating to this baptism of the Holy Spirit. So let's open our Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13 with Dr. Mitchell. You're listening to the Unchanging Word Bible Broadcast. I like to think of it. God will never be satisfied with you, and God will never be satisfied with me, and we stand in His presence just like the Savior. And as 1 John 3, you remember, declares in verses 2 and 3, Beloved, now are we the children of God, it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like him. We shall see him as he is. You have the same thought, by the way, in Romans chapter 8, verse 23. We're saved by hope and so on. What we're waiting for, the redemption of the body. The redemption of the body. You know, when you get into trouble, things don't run very good, you feel like saying, Lord, hurry up and come. Finish the job. I'm tired of my frailty and my weaknesses, my failures. But he seals us in Christ until the day 
of redemption. First Peter chapter 1 verse 5. Kept by the power of God through faith unto a salvation yet to be revealed at the last time. First Peter 1 5. Kept by the power of God through faith unto a salvation that will be revealed at the last time. Second Timothy 1 12. I know whom I have believed and I'm persuaded he's able to guard the deposit until that day. Now, just one more thing, and I'm through with it. I'm reading from Ephesians 4. We've all been quoting this verse, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed until the day of redemption. Uh, wait a bit, my pages are slipping by here. Where are we here? Down here someplace. Yeah, verse 30. Now what I'm going to read is the verse before and the verse after. Listen to it. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. It may minister grace unto the hearers, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby we are sealed unto the day of redemption at all bitterness and wrath and anger clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. These are the things that grieve the Holy Spirit who seals you unto the day of redemption. Well, how can I live? The last verse. Be kind one to another. Hmm? Be kind one to another. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. It's what God wants us to do. For me to talk about being fully redeemed and kept by God without manifesting something of the fact that he does live in me. And he's given us the power to walk and to live for him. I'll close up this section with, a, with 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 23 and 24. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 23 to 24. Now the God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God... Your whole being, spirit, soul, body, be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. Did you notice that? Let me read it again. May the God of peace sanctify you, and I pray God, your whole being, spirit, soul, body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. You can be sure of one thing. If he bought me for himself, he's going to take care of me. Hmm? Or he may chasten you. He may put you through tests and trials, but you're in his hand. What better hands can you be in? All right, the next thing, the fourth thing about the ministry of the Spirit. I didn't intend to spend that much time on, this, on the sealing of the Spirit, but I sincerely hope that it will get into your hearts and rejoice in the fact um, that we belong to him. We are his purchased possession. And God will not be satisfied until we stand in his presence, conformed to the image of his Son, and faithful as he that calleth you who also will do it. He makes himself responsible for everyone he saves. God's not playing at this business. God means business. 
think you have it in a Hebrews 11, 6. He that cometh to God must believe that he is, that he's God, and that he's a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. God means business. Do I mean business? Now, the fourth thing is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. And of course, the scripture I will give to you is 1 Corinthians 12, 13. For we have all been baptized by one spirit into one body, and have all been made to drink of that self-same spirit. Now, this speaks of union. Union with him. All of us made one with God and one with each other. We're baptized into the body of Christ. And you know, Ephesians deals with the fact that Christ is the head of the body, the church. We are a body called the church. In Ephesians, you have the, the body is emphasized, whereas in, in Colossians, the headship of Christ is emphasized. I just suggest this in passing. So, born of the Spirit, new relationship. Is that right? New relationship with a new life. means a new life. Indwelt by the Spirit with a new power to reveal the character of God to men and women. Sealed by the Spirit, and that speaks of security, permanency. What was the word I used on that? Uh, preservation speaks of preservation. Now, to be sealed, by, by, be baptized by the Spirit speaks of our union with Him and with each other. In other words, when you and I accepted the Savior, were baptized into the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit, made to drink of that self-same Spirit. We belong to the same Savior, the same Lord, the same body, Church of Christ. Just as my hand belongs to this body, uh, just so do I belong to the body of Christ. I don't want to go into all that. You'll find that in the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians. God has put us in the body as it hath pleased him. But every member is very particular to God, as you have in verse 27, that same chapter. We're members one of another, but members in particular. Now, I want you to mark this. You can put down these scriptures. And they all say the same thing. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. Matthew 3, verse 11. Mark chapter 1, verse 8. Mark chapter 1, verse 8. Luke chapter 3, 16. Luke chapter 3, 16. John chapter 1, verse 33. John chapter 1, verse 33. Acts chapter 1, verse 5. Acts chapter 1, verse 5. And Acts chapter 11, verse 16. Verse 16. Now what that statement is this. John indeed baptized with water. I'm quoting Acts 1, 5. When our Lord said after resurrection, just before he went up into heaven, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days hence. And that's the same thought you have in Matthew 3, Mark 1, Luke 3, John 1, Acts 1, Acts 11. Same thing. And then you have the one verse, Corinthians 12, 13. We've all been baptized 
by one spirit into one body. Paul immediately drink and self same spirit. And our Savior, just before he went to the went to heaven after his resurrection, after his resurrection, he said to the disciples, you remember he was forty days with his disciples between resurrection and exaltation. John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit, not many days hence. The church did not start until after the resurrection and exaltation of Christ. And on the day of Pentecost, the church started. Every believer baptized by the Spirit into the body of Christ. And all through your New Testament, you have this wonderful union with God, with his Son, and with each other. It's a much misunderstood, very much misunderstood doctrine. There are some who say that you, uh, this is a second kind of a second work of grace. You get saved and justified, and then you get the baptism of the Spirit. I know, I went through that when I was, I was saved when I was 24 years of age, and I went out preaching a year and a half afterward. And I was in a group in Saskatchewan, Canada. And they would ask me, Mitchell, have you had this experience? Have you had your baptism? Have you had your Pentecost? My, what a preacher you would be if you had it. Hmm? You know what I did? I didn't know much about the Bible. You see, there was no Multnomah School of the Bible in those days. So I'm right out to my machine shop, right out preaching with my Cruden's Concordance. You can have strongs and youngs if you want to, but I'll take crudens. Crudens for the crude, you know. So one day I got, I said, I'm going to settle this matter. So I sat down, took a sheet of paper, and I wrote out every verse that spoke of the baptism of the Spirit of God. Every verse which spoke of tongues, the whole business. When I got through, I haven't changed from that day to this. I've taken my Bible and said to some of these men, all right, here's a book. Show it to me. And never once, never once, have they ever picked up their Bible and opened it to show it to me. It just come too late, Mitchell. We've already had it. That's not in the book. There was only one Passover our Lord fulfilled that at the cross. At just one first fruit, our Lord fulfilled that in resurrection. It's just one Pentecost. The next feast is what? Feast of Trumpets. Followed by the Feast of Atonement. But Israel will repent, come back to God, as Zechariah 13, 1 declares. And then you come on over. The Feast of Tabernacles. That's the millennial reign of Christ. The next feast to be fulfilled is the Feast of Trumpets. What are you waiting for? I'm waiting for the trumpet to sound. I don't know when it's going to be. It wasn't September 12th, was it? No. No, I'm still here. Uh, no. 
an hour without you think not. And an hour without you think not. The thing is to be ready. I've got no right to say he will not come today. He can come today. Now I'm to walk today in anticipation of his return. That's a purifying hope. As First John 3, 3 says, Everyone who hath this hope set on him, purify themselves, even as he is pure. But the marvelous thing is, God's taken a believer, and we're born of the Spirit, indwelt by the Spirit, sealed by the Spirit, baptized by the Spirit into the body of Christ. This is God's action. What God does, not what you do. So are there a number of things I want to talk to you about this. All right. Now, God, you know, the Lord Jesus promised that he would baptize them with the Holy Spirit. In fact, John the Baptist said, I indeed baptize you with water, but he that cometh after me is preferred before me, and he shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And I, John, saw and bear record, this is the Son of God. I'm quoting from John chapter 1, verses 33 and 34. He bore record, this is the so the first thing in, first thing, the importance of this truth. The importance of the baptism of the Spirit. Now I'm repeating what I've already said. It's the work of the Spirit putting us into the body of Christ. And first Corinthians twelve thirteen is the only scripture where it's really mentioned in that way. Baptized by the Spirit into the body of Christ. The much, as I said a while ago, it's a much misunderstood doctrine. Oftentimes it's confused with the filling of the Spirit. Sometimes they take the baptism of the Spirit, the indwelling Spirit, and the filling of the Spirit as being synonymous. That's not true. Each one is a definite act of God. The filling of the Spirit depends upon you and me, as we shall see when we take it up. But these four things God does. It's an act once forever. And I'll tell you very frankly, it's become the special object of satanic fury. People are confused about it. Only one cross, just one Pentecost. All right, the second thing. We are not told to seek it. We are not told to seek it. We are not told to pray for it. You're not told to pray for it. And you're not told to tarry for it. Now, someone's going to quote to me Luke 24. I'll take it up. Don't worry about it. Luke 24, 49. Our Lord has been speaking to his disciples after resurrection, just before he went up into heaven. And you remember, if I might digress for a moment, only two Gospels gives us the ascension. And that's Mark and Luke. You couldn't find that in Matthew. You don't need a king in heaven. It's not in John, because in John he's God. He's omnipresent. Mark, when a servant finishes his job, he goes home. In Luke, as a man, the rest of the New Testament deals with a man in heaven. How in the world did he get there? So Luke tells it. So he talks to his disciples just before his ascension, and he said that they were to witness concerning his death, his burial, 
his resurrection. He was telling them his message. I'm making you my witnesses. But, but, tarry at Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Tarry at Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. If there's any tarrying to do today, God has to do the tarrying for you, not for us. But Brother Mitchell, the book says I've got to tarry till I be endued with power from on high. All right, if you take that verse, but the only verse that speaks of it, you better go to Jerusalem. He didn't say Galilee. Remember the disciples after the resurrection went to Galilee. Peter says, I'm going fishing. Remember they went out and fished all night and caught how much? Same I do. Nothing. And they heard the voice from the beach. But you're not on the right side. <laughs> but don't you think we've been having on the right side and the left side all night long, haven't got a fish, but on the right side. And they did. They obeyed the voice. They had a great multitude of fish. And they're all numbered, by the way. 100, 138, was it? I'm quoting, by the way, from John chapter 21. It's only in John chapter 21. The only miracle after resurrection is in John 21. Miraculous death of fishes. When they get the Spirit up there, no, you tarry at Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. The same thought you have in Acts chapter 1. John baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days hence. And you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. And while he said these things, he was taken up into heaven. And the angels, you remember, said to the disciples, Why stand ye gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus, whom you've seen go into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. And you have the disciples all waiting together, 120 of them in the upper room. What do you think they were doing in those 40 days? Hmm? What do you think they were doing? Ten days, pardon me, ten days, because he was with them 40 days after resurrection. Pentecost is 50 days for ten days. What do you think we're talking about? Well, I can hear Peter say to John, you remember that day? You remember that day? In the storm? He, he was asleep in the ship. The water was coming in the boat. He just stood up, spoke the word with a car. You remember that day? You could you just see them talking about the Savior all day long, remembering he did this and he did that. What a wonderful time of fellowship. I tell you, we're not told to, to seek it. There's no such baptism in the Old Testament. There's no baptism of the Spirit until the day of Pentecost. God is the one who moved in the situation. All right. The third thing I want to say, the explanation. And I'm just going to leave it right there for the moment. The explanation, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13. Here we see the work of the Spirit of God joining all believers in Christ. This is the work of the Spirit of God joining us as believers to each other unto the Savior. 
I said again, it speaks of union with him. It's work that God does. And I've got three things on a list, and my time is about done. I think maybe I better leave it. I want to give you the explanation, three things about the explanation. It means union with him. It means to put on Christ. It means the unifying of believers together in Christ. We'll take that up too. And make the vilest sinner clean And I know, yes I know Jesus' blood can make the vilest sinner clean He will keep thee while the ages Roll throughout eternity Though earth hinders and hell rages All must work for good to can make the vilest sinner clean. And I know, yes I know, Jesus' blood can make the vilest sinner clean. Thank you for listening to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study today. Write to us with your comments and your prayer requests to the Unchanging Word, P.O. Box 398, Dallas, Oregon, 97338. And so until next time, this is the Unchanging Word radio broadcast. Life begins at Calvary.